Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, it is Zack Snyder time again. We are talking about his new Netflix film, Army of the Dead, which I saw a couple weeks ago in the theater. Netflix doing about face and uh, actually showing some things in the theater. It's very exciting. Uh, I wish I liked the movie more, but we'll get into that in the conversation. But yes, Army of the Dead out now on Netflix. Definitely go check it out. And joining me to talk about it, of course, our resident Zack Snyder superfan, Chad Clinton Freeman, is back with us. So he will be here to bring tons and tons of puzzle pieces and maybe explain a few things along the way as to why people like him seem to connect so well with a filmmaker like Zack Snyder. So that is coming up here in a second. Uh, But before we do get to that conversation, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can, of course, find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Pocket Casts and all the other major podcast apps. And you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Don't forget about our Facebook group, Popcorn and Zack Snyder Fans. I'm just kidding. It's called Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Uh, Chad tends to bring up Zack Snyder a lot, I would say, of every 10 threads in that Facebook group. uh, Probably a good 50% are Zack Snyder, and uh, I keep letting him do it for some reason. Um, I guess I'm just a good friend. I don't know. But uh, you should join the group because there are a lot of fun conversations about all kinds of movies, not just Zack Snyder, but a lot of Zack Snyder. Uh, So yeah, join it. Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And also, don't forget about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine bonus and advanced and exclusive content from my music career, as well as from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and all the other projects I'm involved with. And this week, I am launching a special uh, sign-up bonus thing where if you sign up for the Patreon this week you will get a special uh, David Rosen music podcast, everything produced by David Rosen 
grab bag special package thing in the mail. So this is for one week only, trying to drive some new subscribers because we do have a new special exclusive awesome movie year episode going up later this week. So that's very exciting. Uh, but trying to get some new subscribers on there. So check it out. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. Lots of great content already. And I've got some new music content going up there soon. But right now, this week only, sign up and you'll be getting a free Thing in the mail uh, with some special surprises. So let's get into the conversation about Army of the Dead. All right, so it's the second time in one year that we've got Chad Clinton Freeman back on the podcast to talk about Zack Snyder. I guess third time. Huh? Yeah, third time this year. Jeez, <laughs> this what a what a year for you, Chad. Wow. Well, how are you doing today? Chad? I, I'm doing great. And you know, yeah, the, I mean, the, this year's been exciting. Um, it, it's definitely the year of Zack Snyder, and I. <laughs> you know, been really happy about that. So that is um, great. No, I'm, I'm doing good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we are of course going to be talking about army of the dead today. And, uh, first and foremost, I, I know that this is something that he has been kind of kicking around since 2007. This is one of his early ideas for a movie. Is the return to zombie movie, something you were looking forward to for Zack Snyder, or would you have, wanted maybe some other direction for him um you know i may i this wasn't something that i was like oh he he needs to do zombie movies uh mm. no uh, when 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 he was getting away from superhero movies though to do a zombie movie that excites me because i don't think he should get stuck doing any particular kind of movie sure um i think it's more exciting um if he is uh, moving around and exploring different things. I, you know, um, I never like when a, a director kind of gets stuck in trying to outdo himself with the same type of movie type thing. Right. So, um, I think that, uh, him, him stepping away from, um, having been working on all of the, the DC stuff, to get to do this, I think was a, a, a great for him. And then also I think for the fans of him sure. uh, to kind of, uh, you can see where his head is. Cause this is very much superhero inspired. It's very DC inspired yeah, uh, in many like ways. Um, but no, I mean, um, I'd like to see him break away from zombies and also superheroes and just, give us something else. Sure, um, sure. but I mean, I'll, I'll watch anything he does. Uh, I just, uh, love the, the worlds that he creates. So, um, I'm on board. I mean, of course there's a lot that's going to come of this one. I mean, who knows if he ends up, uh, you know, they were already doing an animated, um, prequel yeah, a whole and, world that in a prequel, um, movie on this one and then of course he's not directing e either of those but uh who knows there might be a sequel you know mm -hmm. there's uh, lots and lots but but yeah no I, I i wouldn't want him to kind of all of a sudden get stuck in just him directing zombie movies um you know unless that's what he wants to do sure sure i mean if that's what zach wants that's what he should do but uh but no i I think let's get to puzzle pieces, but I do actually want to ask one other question before we get to that, because obviously 
you know, the reason you're on this episode is because you are such a big Zack Snyder fan, and I love having you on whenever we're uh, talking about Zack Snyder movies. But um, you also have spent these last five, six years not being the biggest fan of Netflix. And so I'm just wondering, you know, what's going on up there in Chad Clinton Freeman's brain, uh, you know, kind of putting together these things, squaring that circle of Netflix and Zack Snyder together. Uh, how, how, does, how does that collaboration feel for you? Okay, so here's the thing about Netflix. Um, when Netflix does things right, I appreciate that. My problem with Netflix is that Netflix is basically the McDonald's mm -hmm. and just because they serve a Big Mac doesn't mean it's the best burger out there. That's all. Uh, so, so, so basically, I mean, I, I think Netflix about once a year does a great movie, which is not good for a studio to be like, I put out one great movie a year. I mean, that's, that's pretty awful. I would say, I mean, even if you're, you know, a low indie distributor, if you're just putting out one good movie a year and you're actually putting out like, you know, hundreds uh, and thousands of, of, of movies and TV shows, that's pretty awful. Like ratio right. uh, for me, that's kind of the ratio with Netflix. I mean, I think they're great at TV shows. I think the Witcher, uh, stranger things, fantastic. Uh, they've even got some other TV shows that are pretty good. Uh, Movie-wise, though, I'm very disappointed. I mean, through the years, uh, of course, last year, The Five Bloods, I loved, loved that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, that movie is a lot like this one, though, where it's like a dream project of the director. They right. give him a check and say, here, go do it. And they kind of let him loose. Um, I think... Uh, the fact that they will do that sort of hands-off approach and allow somebody like uh, Zack Snyder to do whatever he wants is is absolutely fantastic uh, for you know uh, a filmmaker like Zack Snyder. But right. does every filmmaker deserve that? I don't think so. And <laughs> do the does the output of movies that netflix brings us equal good content no um nice. and 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 not just good content but good movies because that's the problem with netflix is they're very content related so all they see is oh this guy he has this idea for this movie and it could end up with a a, a animated show and six or seven other spin-offs yeah, let's green light that because all they're thinking is is that's a bunch of stuff we can put on. Right. So I'm I'm all on board. Uh, you know, I, I I have a love hate with Netflix in in a way, yeah. I guess. So, but no, I mean, um, I, I anybody that wants to give Zack Snyder or Spike Lee money and say here go make a movie, I'm all for whoever that right. is. Yeah, and, and I think that their uh, their average has been. A, a little better than than you're giving them credit for in the last couple of years. I think definitely when it first started, I, I would have agreed, and I did agree many times over, but I think that they've gotten a lot better lately, but um, that's another conversation. I think we should start getting into some puzzle pieces here. So uh, what do you got for your first piece? And I'm sure you'll have plenty of pieces, so you know maybe we'll speed round it a little bit at the end, but let's get started with some pieces. Yeah, so I mean, really, this, this movie, in a lot of ways... Um, 
I, I said this uh, on a comment on, on Facebook. Um, it's very much kind of a, a best of or a greatest hits kind of uh, movie in regards to all of the different things that are in it. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of of action movies, of zombie movies, of war movies, of 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 heist movies, there's so much in there, and there's there's so many things that I'll hit on. Um, you probably have a bunch, some of them might overlap, but you probably got a bunch of other ones too that I wasn't even thinking. Mm-hmm. But, um, one of the big movies that really stood out for me in watching it the first time. And, um, I actually went back and watched this movie last night and that's aliens. Sure. James Cameron's, uh, sequel to uh the original and um you know a, a lot of people say is is the best of all of the alien films this movie is very much like they took aliens as the blueprint and i didn't even realize how close it was until i actually watched it but um you've got ripley who has gotten out of you know this horrible situation with the aliens they want her to go back at first she's not really wanting to then she thinks about it she sees the benefit of that of because she wants to go back and just you know kill them all yeah she decides to do it you've got the same thing here with the batista's character of course it's money that's really driving him, but it, mm-hmm. you've got the same kind of uh, state of mind of and all of his crew members are the same way uh, at first, they're like, I, got, I just got out of that. Do I really want to go back to that? And of course they do. And you've also got in Aliens, you've got uh, Paul Reiser's character who is uh, there basically to protect the assets. He 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 is there to weaponize uh, the aliens. He wants right. to bring back aliens. And at the same time, you've got that uh, with the character uh, that Tanaka sends, that his whole point is there to, you know, bring back, uh, you know, blood of one of these uh, alpha zombies, uh, tries to bring back the head of, you know, the, the queen, uh, uh, yeah. the bride or whatever you want to call her. And then uh, at the same time, uh, you've got at the end of the movie, the way this one kind of wraps up is uh, you've got Ripley go back to get the kid uh, at just in the nick of time where everything's basically going to explode. Uh, she, she gets to the landing and of course the ship is gone Mm-hmm. Then the ship pops up, she gets on the <laughs> ship, they take off, and then it all explodes. Same ending here with him oh, going yeah. back to get his daughter. They get out of there in the nick of time. I mean, so very much it's, it is it is aliens all over. Uh, the other thing was that there's the line of, I don't know which is worse. Uh, you don't see them screwing each other over. Uh, Ripley says that about the aliens at one point, and uh, you know Lily says that about the zombies in this one. So right. very, very much a, a big uh, ode to aliens uh, all around with this movie. And there's a lot of other little things with uh, when Ripley is going through to look for the girl. She leaves the flares. You got the part in here where they're going through the zombies and they're marking the spot with the glow sticks. Um, and that whole scene there, uh, that ends with, uh, Chambers 
getting you know killed uh is a lot like that whole moment where she finds the nest with all the eggs of yeah, course yeah. in this one it's the zombies that are hibernating um both both great scenes but i i feel like the, this one is definitely playing off of that one uh in a lot of ways so yeah yeah aliens definitely on my list as well and i mean all all the reasons you just said there and i i think this movie, 100%, is just using that same blueprint. And, it, you know, it's it's a great blueprint to use for, you know, the idea of sending a bunch of mercenaries into a place where, you know, they're really not equipped for the job that they're being given. Um, and it's pretty clear that everybody is just totally expendable. Uh, and, you know, the evil corporation just doesn't care. They just want what they right, want out of the right. whole situation. and. So yeah, I mean, it's a perfect setup for this kind of a movie, this kind of an action, uh, you know, thriller that is, you know, in this place, just replacing, you know, aliens with zombies. But right. definitely uh, Aliens, I think, is the perfect puzzle piece to start this thing out with. I will jump to another piece here. I, I think it would be really obvious to look at Zack Snyder's own Dawn of the Dead, but instead, I'm going to go with 28 Days Later from Danny Boyle. Also, uh upgrading what zombies are and you know trying right, to add to the right. mythos of of what a zombie can be and here we've got this whole alpha zombie thing and they they can learn and certain kinds of zombies are are smarter and can do more things they can also apparently make babies uh they can ride horses uh perhaps some of them are robots uh but i guess we'll save that for the sequel because it's like barely hinted at but it's in there somewhere you know the the idea of just trying to evolve the zombie mythos and and do new things with with zombies because really when it comes down to it the the genre itself has been uh kind of a little bit dead for a long time now and all, all these movies are just kind of uh, trying to do the same thing over and over again. And I think that's why when Snyder came out with his Dawn of the Dead, which, you know, tried to do new things with the zombie genre, when 28 Days Later came out and tried to do new things, I think that's why they kind of capture the imagination a little bit more than every other zombie movie that's just kind of the same thing. Even a Shaun of the Dead, you know, takes it in a more comedic direction. So giving it a little bit of a hook, I think kind of drives viewers a little bit more than just doing the same old, same old zombie thing. Definitely. And yeah, 20, 28 days later of, I mean, as I recall was like the first one that really said, you know, zombies can be fast. Zombies sure. don't have to be slow. You know, zombies can, it doesn't have to be slow, big horde of zombies it can be fast and they can be strong and powerful um and yeah i, I think that was the the first one that really did that yeah. um i mean you you kind of touched on this but i mean you know uh, george romero was the only one that was really kind of uh toying with evolving the characters and he, he was doing that very very slowly as far as the zombies you know he you know in one movie would have a zombie that uh you know was able to pick up a gun and 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 use a gun and that sort of thing and it was like he 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 just did it very 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 slow because i think he was thinking thinking about it too much of mm -hmm. can you know what can they do what can't they do well, um, it was also a product of the time too because things you know moved a little bit slower back then right, in, right. in all movies 
Right. I will say though, Survival of the Dead, which is one that I did recently watch, because I I always was like. Have I even seen that movie? Because I know everybody hates Survival of the Dead. It's not that bad. Uh, George Romero's last zombie movie. But there is a zombie riding a horse in that movie. Uh, Mm. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, um, he did do little things, though, throughout all of his movies where he kind of pushed the direction of what the the zombies would do and could do. And um, I like that. You know, because, I mean, that's totally just how the, the filmmaker that Zack Snyder is. He just kind of just, like, kicks down the door and is like, well, why not this? Why not this? Why not that? Right. You know, and like you're saying, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we've got potential, like, aliens, potential robots. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you've got the, 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 the slow, really stupid zombies. You've got zombies that are, you know, uh, intelligent that have feelings that you know i mean it's it's it really opens things up it opens up the world to possibilities uh the the way he's done that with this one yeah absolutely do you think before we move on to your next piece do you think it, it's a weird question but do you think that a zombie movie today 2021 that doesn't push zombies into these different directions couldn't work still or has it just been done so well in the past by people like Romero that it it, it just it, you kind of can't take a straightforward approach anymore? I mean, I think you can, um, but uh, you know, because I mean, if you think about it, uh, what what really worked about the slow zombies is just the the slow moving impending doom the dread um so you really gotta just pull it all back and and the movie's got to be built just around that sort of you know in the in the way of a a movie like it follows um uh, i think you can still do a zombie movie that way it just depends on on the approach of it um what i would say is that uh what 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 i love about army of the dead is that zombies is just like one of the many things like thrown into the movie. You know, you got movies that are like, oh, it's a zombie movie. And and that's what it is. It is a zombie movie. Whereas this one, though, it's like, it's a zombie movie, but it's a heist movie. But it's kind of a war movie. But it's, you know, a father and daughter movie. It's a bromance movie. I mean, it's it's just like all this stuff piled on top of it. Right. So, um, right. Which is why I, I love it. All right. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? So the the next one, um, I'm gonna go, actually. I've got several classics here. I'm gonna get into. So I'll just go to the the next one, which is John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that um, I actually rewatched it just recently. The the whole concept of you've got, you know, some big part of the United States that is walled off. And it is now like its own territory where there's basically no rules and it's just kind of like locked up and forgotten about. Of course, in Escape from New York, it's, uh, you know, a prison and basically they they send the uh, all the criminals there and it's just like, that's it. They're, they, that's that's their world. They just do whatever they want. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you've got somebody going in and he's got a mission. He's, he's got X amount of time. 
uh, to do the job and get out. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it, it, it's not just that aliens blueprint, but it's also the escape from New York uh, blueprint that's being used here. Mm -hmm. Just one of the, another one of those layers of whereas escape from New York, it's like, oh man, that's a great idea. And that's like the movie, uh, whereas <laughs> that's just one of the sides of this movie, you know, right, uh, right. which also plays good into where we've been as a country politically, uh, sure. which shows you the brilliance, though, of the escape from New York. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, th that's that's a great piece to bring in there. I, I'm going to I'm going to move on to another piece, though. Uh, I'm going to go with a very, very obvious one, but I think it's worth mentioning. And that is the Ocean's Eleven series, uh, Vegas Casino Heist, but this time with zombies uh, added to the mix, which, you know, speaking of ideas and, you know, what, what Zack Snyder's idea is, I think that that kind of goes back to the very just basic idea of what this movie is what if uh zombies you know invaded las vegas during a casino heist and i i think it also speaks to when you were talking about aliens with like the team and like everybody in the team having their own specific thing there's a safe cracker there's a, a pilot there's a you know the the military guy who runs it all there's you know each person has their own specific thing that they're the best at and that, you know, makes makes it a team worth rooting for. Uh, although, you know, th that depends on how much you like the movie, of course. But, uh, but yeah, I think Ocean's Eleven is, is something that belongs in the conversation. I do think, though, and I, I'll get into right now the fact that I didn't really love this movie. I know, I know you, you <laughs> really loved Army of the Dead. I, 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 <laughs> I didn't I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay, but I think one of the things that's so undercooked in the movie is the Vegas angle. And I think that Ocean's 11 is a good area to bring that up in. You know, of course there's that opening credit sequence which is uh, you know, very fun. It kind of a callback to uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead as well with the way that what do they do um, the Richard Cheese cover Right, right. You yep. know, yep. similar kind of thing, but and that used the Vegas setting pretty well in in that opening credits. But from that point forward, I feel like they really underplay the idea that this is in Vegas. You're basically just seeing one intersection of the strip the whole time, and you're never really getting a sense of, you know, the fun that a Vegas setting could be for a movie like this. And so, you know, I think that uh, that's one of my biggest... Uh, disappointments with the film. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Oceans movies because I, I be honest, I've never seen any of the Ocean movies, including the original. Okay. Um, I don't know if these are ones that I have to visit, uh, but yeah, no, I, I've never seen any of them, so I'm, I'm glad you brought them up. Okay. Um, as far as the whole Vegas angle, here, here's the thing that that is one of the knocks of this movie. I will I will give you that is that it's definitely an outsider's view of Vegas. It's, right. it's just nothing but a surface level, the cheesy hammy, uh, Vegas. Uh, right. Oh, here's Elvis. Oh, here's Liberace. Um, and so it's, it's it, 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 to that point, I, I will agree with you. Uh, the fact that the, this is just one small, part of the film though <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm totally okay with but yeah that no that the opening credits um is 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 kind of 
fantastic at, at one side, but at the, the other side, it, it's kind of like it's so ridiculous over the top. It's it's for the people that have never been to Vegas and all they know is the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of sure. commercials. Yeah, and they yeah. think everything is showgirls and Elvis impersonators well it's funny too that this movie that he you know started the idea back in 2007 because things like siegfried and roy that aren't even really like vegas right now you know they haven't performed forever you know well the the thing about the siegfried and roy thing is that it kind of the the death scene with the tiger i was kind of like yeah that's kind of distasteful uh but um yeah no no yeah exactly again it, it's very much an uh, like you know somebody's idea of what vegas is that's never actually been to vegas exactly uh, <laughs> yeah no i think maybe somebody is. somebody who watched a lot of oceans movies and things like that you know and that's where they got their idea of vegas from just right. the cheesy cheesy vegas right uh <laughs> But all right, what do you got for your next piece? Well, I mean, a good one that will go along with that one um, is uh, Resident Evil Extinction. Yes, which uh, you know it it very much had the the Vegas backdrop that was very much underused, more so than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, not only did you have the location of Vegas, uh, but also you had zombie animals. Uh, you had the zombie dogs and you had the zombie birds, mm-hmm. um, which outside of like really bad low budget movies like Zombievers and things, don't put Zombievers <laughs> on our list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> zombie animals have not really been explored too greatly. Um, I, I actually do have, uh, just as a line on my notes, all those direct-to-video monster movies, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it out. <laughs> so, um, I think that uh, really, I mean, as far as like uh, mainstream, uh, big-budget zombie movies, that that is an area that hadn't been explored too well. And, mm. and I like the fact that I, cause I, when I, when I saw the tiger in the trailer, I was like, the tiger's just going to pop up one time. They're going to shoot it and that's it. But no, it's actually there and it actually gets, you know, to, to kill the guy that you want it to die, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, it, it's actually used quite well. Um, you know, the I horse would say is it's just, the best part of the movie, really, uh, <laughs> in my, in my opinion. But. The, the, the horse is just kind of there, but the horse is really cool. And the horse, uh, that reminds me a lot of, uh, Game of Thrones, which, uh, you know, there's basically these uh, zombies, they don't call them that, they're night walkers uh, in Game of Thrones, and the the Night King, he uh, he and his, uh, you know, posse, whatever you want to call them, uh, they ride on zombie horses, uh, and so the zombie horse was definitely reminded me of that a lot. But no, the 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 that element from uh, Resident Evil Extinction, which is not the worst resident evil movie is actually one of my favorite ones, but, um, the, the whole Vegas setting, uh, is downplayed. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, I appreciate the, the zombie animals. Yeah. Resident evil extinction was also on my list. And, uh, as much as I didn't love Army of the Dead, uh, I didn't even make it through the entire Resident Evil Extinction. I walked out of the theater. So, um, <laughs> I made it through Army of the Dead just fine. So, 
Even I, at two and a half hours, I made it through the whole thing. I, I've, I've only ever seen two of the Resident Evil movies in the theater, and it was the second one and then the last one. So I didn't see Extinction in a theater, sadly. Okay. Well, I'll go on to another piece here. Uh, and I guess it kind of goes al- along with that as well, and that is I Am Legend, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Will Smith mm-hmm. film where, you know, I think the main reason I wanted to bring that one up is the idea of, you know, seeing this, uh, you know, devastated city that we know so well and to see it in movie magic just totally destroyed. And uh, you get lots of Easter eggs in there as well. Of course, you know, that had, uh, what did it have, like Batman or Superman? Right. Thing, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so now now we get to repay the favor, of course, with Zack Snyder. And then, of course, he's got that Larry Fong thing in the right. background. Right. So lots of Easter eggs in there. Uh, but the main thing, though, is is kind of rendering a uh, a destroyed city that that we know really well, and we get to see it that way uh, in in this big giant blockbuster way. Yeah, no, and and the thing is, is that uh, down at the you know the city itself is is very downplayed. Of course, the the use of the Statue of Liberty is fantastic. Um, which, you know, of course brings you back to the original Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really appreciate the use of the casinos and not just the casino floor, but some of the, uh, the, the, the back rooms where the, the, they go through the, you know, the costuming area, which mm-hmm. I swear there's like, it looks like there's a superhero costume back there, uh, possibly Superman, but. I could not verify that. I did stop it and look, and I'm like, is that a Superman outfit? It kind of looks like one. <laughs> but uh, the because that's the thing, is that um, if you've ever been in an abandoned casino, which whenever the Sahara went out of business, I was in there because uh, Derek Stonebreaker uh, bought some uh, chairs from there. So we were in there bringing chairs out it, they're very creepy. Uh, casino empty <laughs> is so very creepy, especially oh, when yeah. it's like very uh, been empty a while and things are like taken out of it, and it just it's very creepy. It's a creepy setting, so I I very much um, appreciated the the creepiness of the you know the not just the the main floor of the casino but the behind the scenes areas there so that aspect of it being vegas which of course was actually atlantic city uh it, they did use two like abandoned casinos to shoot this in there i i did very much uh, appreciate so what do you got for your next piece well i'm going to i'm going to go to another classic actually one of my dad's favorite movies and uh, it's funny because uh, it uh, was one that I revisited after the other Netflix movie that I mentioned uh, came out. Uh, Defy Bloods instantly brought me back to Kelly's Heroes. And so I had rewatched it. Um, and this one made me think of Kelly's Heroes um, in a, a bit of a different way. But uh, Kelly's Heroes, you know, you you've got these military people who are always doing the right thing and helping other people. And here it is, they get this chance to do for themselves. Um, Whereas, you know, in Kelly's heroes, as they go behind enemy lines uh, to rob this bank that has this gold in it. 
And at the same time, what it, what it, what I appreciate is that that movie, uh, it was kind of turning heroes on their head because here we have these good guys that are doing something that's kind of, uh, you know, it's wrong. I mean, they're robbing a bank. It's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's beyond lines. But here they are. They, they go and they do that, and then they're, they are lavished as heroes with this big parade uh at the end uh by the by the french and um with this one you've got the 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 heroes that they go in to do this and you know they they all end up dead i mean <laughs> you know so yeah. so so like whereas at the time of that one it was kind of making fun of i think heroes and then this one kind of deconstructs it in a different way of well yeah no that's not always how it works out but uh <laughs> sure yeah sure. yeah no great piece and uh, i'm gonna follow it up right away with one that goes right along with kelly's heroes and that's suicide squad nah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, each of these guys is, you know, a a little bit crazier than the next. And they're, you know, a wacky bunch of heroes for us to root for. But, um, you know, I I, I think that they're, uh, I I think that, you know, obviously Suicide Squad was, you know, part of this whole DC universe and was very much inspired by, you know, what Zack Snyder was doing. And so this, I think, kind of comes back around full circle Right, and right. you know they, these guys are mostly um kind of oddballs and outcasts mm-hmm. and weirdos right. and and so it, it kind of makes sense that they would be uh very much like a suicide squad and um you know i i don't know how i know you you do not like james gunn but uh you know we'll see we'll see how his uh take on the material is going to be but you know i think that that kind of crazy character all kind of you know messing with each other uh kind of camaraderie i think is a big thing at play here as well yeah, no, and and it's funny, Suicide Squad, because you know there was the the meme when this first came out that this is Zack Snyder's Suicide Squad, yeah. uh, <laughs> which is is very very appropriate uh, for <laughs> this movie, and and not only that, that uh, Dave Bautista was supposed to be in Suicide Squad, right? He right. turned James Gunn down because he wanted to work with Zack Snyder, and I'm like, yes. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I, I think Batista shines in this movie. I think, I mean, he, uh, he is actually given more to do than, Hey, point at somebody laugh and say, you're stupid, which is what James Gunn gives him to do, or be, be the big guy that can't, uh, you know, ice skate and then fall down, which mm. is in the Amazon movie that he was in that I actually liked, but no, I, he's, he, he's a very uh, likable guy, like, like the rock, but I think he can also act. And I think he gets to shine in this one. Uh, more than he has uh, been able to in other projects that he's been in. And I think that this is going to lead to him actually doing some other good stuff, or at least I feel like it should, because I think it's a good showcase for him. Yeah, I, I think he does a good job with it. I I think one of the biggest problems with the film is that the the script is kind of undercooked in like what, if anything, it's trying to say or do and and what the story is. And I think he... You know, I think he does the best he can with it. 
<laughs> well, for me, what 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 I get out of the movie, mm-hmm. what I think it's trying to say, is that it, it, sometimes in life there there are things that come your way that probably aren't the best path you should be taking. But if you take that path and you're going that direction, always remember you can get back to the right path. And, 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 and you never think that you have to be all in specifically because like in this one, so there's a point which, and this is something that I greatly appreciate about this movie. There's a point Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know what? Screw it. There is no money. (laughs) <laughs> you right. know, uh, he, he, he tells this to Peters in the helicopter. Nope. The, there's no money. I go get my daughter. Uh, and, and that's what he does. He goes and he gets his daughter. He does the right thing. Whereas you've got movies, uh, similar, which this is a puzzle. piece I'll throw in there. Wrong turn three, uh, okay. where you've got a, a bus of criminals crashes. They find a truck. Uh, that has money in it, an armored truck. And then you've got crazy cannibals out in the woods trying to kill them. So Mm. there's a point to me where you say, okay, I'm not worried about that money. I got to just get out of here alive. And, and, and got to stop worrying about, uh, (laughs) you know, backstabbing this person or that person. Well, in Wrong Turn 3, of course, and this is not the only movie that does this, it's it's all the way to the end of, no, this money's coming with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, it's it's not just a, a survival of self. It's 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 about doing what's right. Because even even the uh, Peters, I mean, she she flies off and then she's like, oh, I got a conscience. And she came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have, you know just left them. Um, but she didn't, she came back because that was what was right. And of course she ends up dying because she came back. Yeah. It's like a a domino effect of if you know, you, you do right. Uh, others will as well, which doesn't always work. I think what, I think what you're trying to say is when life gives you lemons, make lobster rolls. Is that right? (laughs) Something like that or, or something along those lines or, when when life uh, gives you lemons, lemon squeezy. There you go. <laughs> that that works too. <laughs> All right, I'll go on to another piece here. Um, I, another obvious one, but I think uh, it should be included, and that's Zombieland. Uh, another zombie movie that I don't particularly love that much. I, I Me thought neither. It was, yeah, it, it's kind of fun, but I think the reason why it belongs in the conversation is. This is a movie made by zombie movie lovers. And I, I feel like that is the thing that Zombieland is trying to do. I feel like it's people who really are just excited to be making a zombie movie. And I feel like it comes across in the in the movie making. And I don't feel like the movie itself is particularly that good or interesting or as funny as it kind of thinks it, it is. It, and I'm talking about Zombieland in that case. Right, right. But, but with Army of the Dead, it's more like, uh, you know, action-packed and, and all that. It's not, it's not trying to be, like, particularly the funniest movie or anything like that. It's more of a action movie, I feel. But the main thing, though, is people who are 
definitely in it a hundred percent to make something that that you know we've talked about like the pushing zombies to to new directions and trying new things with zombies it's people who want to celebrate the zombie movie genre and are doing it in a big way i feel right yeah no i i, I agree with you there i am not the uh, biggest fan of zombie land either uh I, I, personally it kind of feels like a a James Gunn written kind of movie. I know sure. it's not, but it, it, it really, it's kind of no, in the vein. Does. That's the thing. Um, I, I also feel that this is a zombie movie that I, I don't feel revels or celebrates like meanness or nastiness. Cause it's not, I mean, that's the problem is that a lot of zombie movies, this is my, this is my, my problem with Dawn of the dead. Right. Is it right. kind of revels in that of, Oh, we can just kill these people. And it's like, yay, get get the Rosie O'Donnell. Yay, kill Burt Reynolds. And it's just like it revels in the in the in the murderous aspect of killing zombies. Right. Um kind of uh the way uh Inglorious Bastards does with Nazis, mm-hmm. uh, or the way that uh once upon a time in Hollywood does with hippies. Uh so <laughs> I think you see a thread here of these yes. movies. I I don't really like the the relishing and the reveling in the 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 killing of. It's like there's a meanness in there that's ingrained into that. And this this movie doesn't have that. Um, I think Zombieland has that. I think it's it's like uh, you've got people that they they really enjoy doing what they're doing. It's like they're having fun. Uh, Whereas, whereas I think with this crew, it's, it's not the, it's just that this is what YouTuber. Except that one guy. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's yeah he, true. he has a blast doing it, but everybody no, else right. just you, wants you, to get through and out. You you you, you are right. He yeah. he does until a point to where it really gets real, and then he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once 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 his uh once his girl goes, I mean, I think um it, it's not quite as fun. Right. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. He, him, and then also the uh the the guy that cuts the the queen's head off too uh oh, well, he's, he, just he, a, he's a bad guy so. right exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well what yeah. do you got for your next well one? I, I i still got a whole bunch so i, I want to make sure though we've we talked about heist we talked about oceans 11 so i wanted to make sure i mentioned hurricane heist ah, which of course my list too, yeah. <laughs> which of course we covered on the show one of the first movies that we did um and um uh, I think that I, rewatching that movie, I I love 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 that movie. That movie is fantastic. The, it's great. It it's got a couple of things going on for it that are similar in this one. The one is is that you know you've got this ridiculous heist of this could cause us death. Uh, you know we've got this hurricane coming this horrible hurricane and of course oh we're gonna go rob this place and uh at the same time you've got these insane action moments in that movie with either the hurricane well the hurricane's involved but the hurricane and then the uh the the chase scene at the end with the diesels um and so it's it's one of those like this one that it's not just a heist movie. It's not just a disaster movie. It's not just an action movie. 
And at the same time, it's got heart because you've really got a great relationship between the two brothers that is explored and how they've had this falling out and now how they're coming, making peace with that. And then at the same time, you've, you've got the, uh, it's not really a love story. There's kind of a love interest kind of thing that they play with, but it doesn't go there. But, uh, y- you know, she's had this past that she's overcoming and she's working through that. And it's just like there's these these relationships between those uh, those four. Well, those mm-hmm. those three. Um, and I think that this one does that same thing with the with the relationships. Uh, you've got the bromance you know, with Vanderhall and uh, Dieter. And then you've got, uh, of course, you know, the crazy guy in, in Chambers, like we were talking about. And then you've got the the one that she's there because, you know, she's secretly in love uh, with Batista's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, as soon as she confesses that to him, boom, she's, she's dead. dead. Two <laughs> seconds later. Right. But uh, no, I mean, Hurricane Heist is a, is a fantastic movie. I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves. Yeah, definitely uh, on my list as well. And I, I definitely don't understand why uh, it didn't connect with people. I, I, I was looking at it on Letterboxd the other day, and all the reviews were like one star, two star, one star. And I feel like it does action in the exact way that celebrated action movies are, you know, all, all of the face-offs and, you know, all, all, all the, like, the silly, over-the-top action movies that people do love, the diehards and things we talked about on the episode, which, like you said, that right, was, like, our right. fifth episode, I think, fourth or fifth, but, yeah, I, I feel like it does all those things exactly, exactly the same way and the same level, but... Um, yeah, I, I think just uh, putting a mixing a heist with some kind of uh, over the top event, you know, where it's going to screw up the plans. And in this case, it's zombies. So I think it's a definite uh, piece worth bringing up here. A zombie, a zombie NATO is next. Probably. Yes, yes. That well, I mean, anything's <laughs> possible with this particular story. But I'll go with a with a piece that's just kind of a, uh, a an individual reference, and that's to the the kind of I think they have them listed on IMDb as Zeus, but I don't remember him ever right, being called right. that. The uh, the main evil zombie who's in charge of everything it reminded me a lot of Ball from the Ash vs Evil Dead series, uh, which is a character that I didn't like that much because I just didn't think that a kind of like long hair, kind of like rocker looking mm-hmm. uh, zombie deadite guy really made sense in the Evil Dead world. Uh, I, I feel like it makes a little more sense here in this kind of a, uh, you know, this kind of a tone that this movie is because it's a very kind of like, you know, rock heavy uh, Zack Snyder, big explosion, lots of machine guns, army kind of setting. So it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But that character reminded me a lot of Ball, who ended up being like kind of like the villain of the third season of Ash vs. Evil Dead for people who haven't seen that show. So yeah, it's mainly just a comparison between those two characters. Yeah, no, but but you, you, what you were saying though about like the 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 tone of this movie is very much kind of like this. Uh, I don't know if "punk"s the right word or or, or in your face, like yeah. um, aggressive. I guess aggressive. But, is a good yeah, word. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, um, I, I I I get exactly what you're saying with with uh, that character. Uh, I mean, and and while you mentioned Zeus, I mean, here's the thing. So you got Zeus, you got uh, it's the Olympus, the casino. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got these, you know, uh, Greek uh, mythology things, which is, of course, one of the things Snyder loves to 
uh, play with. He loves to to throw in mythology. He loves to throw in. Uh, there's, you know, not any religion in this, but there's, you know, he, he, that's one of those things in his 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 toy box that he loves to bring out is mythology um, and incorporate it in different ways. The the other thing with Zeus though is kind of a bit like. Uh, Caesar with uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, um, okay. uh, which, you know, War for the Planet of the Apes, I love. Uh, not not only that, the fact that you, you know, Planet of the Apes, you've got um, apes, you know, riding horses and things like that. Just that, that whole him on the horse and him holding uh, the staff uh, or him on top of the statue is very just Planet of the Apes. And, yeah. and not only that, though, the 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 death of the queen and then the the scene where uh, he pulls out the fetus of the baby uh, mm-hmm. and how emotional he he is it doesn't quite get me to that point of where I was with uh, War for the Planet Eights with some of the moments with Caesar or with his right. family the the emotional level but to 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 get me close to that emotionally of actually having some feeling of this is a zombie and you know <laughs> he he has his world and here they are they're 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 just wrecking havoc on yeah him. i i hadn't thought of that but that's actually is a really good piece because yeah i mean it, you you don't expect you know apes to you know rise up and have this like you know kind of society and their their own emotions and their own you know their their whole civilization that they that they create in those movies and then the same with zombies you know you don't expect them to even have the ability right to uh to to create a society like that and to grow and learn and have their their feelings and all that stuff so uh yeah i think i think that's definitely a great piece which which got me to thinking of a spinoff or a sequel or a prequel like planet of the zombies, like where it's just that society, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, that's definitely a, a, a possibility that could come from this or, or somebody could, you know, uh, get that inspiration and spring forward with that type of movie. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I was going to go out on hurricane heist, but instead I'll, I'll just, I guess, uh, Bring it back for my last piece. Uh, we were talking about Romero earlier, but I'll go to Land of the Dead because um, we didn't really touch on that one. But I think that like the separation of of uh, you know the human characters from the zombie characters, you know, allows the zombies the chance to evolve, kind of like we we're talking about right there with with the Planet of the Apes right, piece. Right. And so I, I think that that is a uh, you know, a, a good way to bring Land of the Dead into it, and the the way that some of the zombies are are kind of learning to communicate a little bit with one another in that, and it, like we talked about, it's like a much slower process in those movies, but you know, they they are starting to get some semblance of you know some kind of society between them and hierarchy and ability to use tools and things like that. Right. And uh, of course, you know, humans uh, on the other side, you know can't stop fighting with each other even in the face of this whole uh you know zombie uprising and so you know we're we're pretty doomed and it's pretty bleak uh but i think most zombie movies are so that's kind of a pretty oh, big yeah, tradition definitely yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah i i was happy with this one that uh i i i feared in watching it 
that he was going to do a Night of the Living Dead as soon as the Vanderhoe uh, got out of the uh, quarantine area that he was going to be gunned down, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like the end of Night of the Living Dead. I, I was worried that that's the way he was going to go out because I was like, no, no, no. As soon as I see him coming out, I was like, no, don't do that. And he did. So I was happy. So you brought it back to zombies. So I I was going to bring in because I I wanted to uh, specifically touch on these two. My favorite zombie movie of all time is uh, Train to Bazaine. And Mm -hmm. uh, that is a movie I I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to rewatch it because I'm not going to. I'm going to be honest that, 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 that movie's a tear jerker. It really is. I mean, every time I've watched it, 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 it gets me. Uh, it's a very emotional movie. It's one of those, it was the first time that I saw a movie and I was like, wow, there can just, how can a zombie movie impact me this much? How can it make me feel this much? And it, it it's a zombie movie with heart and, and so is its sequel, uh, Peninsula. Um, and I'm the horrible at names, so I'm not even going to try to say the director's name. Um, those two movies though, um, uh, they're definitely both in my top five favorite all time zombie movies. Uh, yeah. the way that they, they, they have that heart and they have that emotion, um, I feel like that this one didn't quite reach that level, but I think it it was trying. It wasn't the slapped on like Dawn of the Dead. Oh yeah, well these two they're in love now, and it's just like uh, where I don't really feel the connection of the people. And when somebody uh, dies, it's like don't even care. In this one though, it's like I I I feel a connection to this group of people uh not not the the ones that are the the two you know bad guys but the uh the rest of that crew um and uh so this one's in a lot of ways like those two films the other thing is peninsula is a heist movie uh peninsula they uh have a team that go back in and it's a peninsula so it's basically a a walled off city same kind of thing Um, and they have to go in and they get this truck and drive it out. Um, and of course it doesn't all go as planned. Uh, also at the same time, uh, it, it, uh, it ends with the main guy character basically being out of it. And then he goes back to, um, get the, uh, mother of the, the children that he has saved. Right. But, um, Think you said you were out of pieces. I, I am. I am out. Okay. So okay. Okay. Why, why don't okay. you? Uh, important ones. Anything <laughs> important you got? Yes. Let's, yes. Let's, yes. Let's yes. So uh, another Clint Eastwood, as I talked about Kelly's hero, uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, uh, which I did get the chance to rewatch, and that's one that I hadn't seen it forever. And that movie is so good. I uh, I, I couldn't believe how great it was because i didn't remember it being that great um it's very much a a a bromance movie uh with clint eastwood jeff bridges is like the younger one he's the 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 older one i feel like that with dieter and vanderhall we kind of have the same sort of bond and relationship that is budding um and then also at the same time the uh clint eastwood character uh, thunderbolt is the one that you know 
is able to get out at the end. Uh, and that's plays a lot of line with Vanderhoel. He's also like this, uh, philosophical kind of guy. And, uh, I think that is also in that Vanderhoel character. Uh, in addition to that, the way that, uh, Clint Eastwood's character, when we, when we open the movie, he, he, you know, is this big safe cracker, um, that's very infamous and he is living a life. Uh, as a preacher. And uh, that r- reminds me also at the same time of, of Batista's character of how he, here he is. He's this guy that, you know, um, saves people. He's this hero and he has these dreams of, you know, uh, making, you know, his own food and stuff. And here he is, he's just flipping burgers at some just place. Right. And it's very much in line with uh, how Clint Eastwood's character is just, He's just doing what he can to get by, basically. Uh, right. Of course, he's in hiding, so it's a little bit different, but uh, very similar. So, uh, I mean, I've got a bunch of other stuff, like Goonies is, I think, an obvious one. I think Dieter is very much a uh, data character, and then also the whole vault scene uh, is very, uh, from the, the skeletons that are there that were perhaps them, to also then uh, the booby traps and stuff. Uh, you know, it could be some Indiana Jones in there as well. Sure. But uh, uh, the the queen herself. Funny you said Suicide Squad and oh, the uh, uh, Enchantress is kind of uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. like the queen a bit. Also Clash of the Titans, Medusa. It mm. Also uh, made me think of like Queen of the Dam, the Mummy. These kind of like scary, but also like interesting and like almost like sexy like monsters which kind of goes back to the uh, bride of frankenstein too um so i i, I really really uh, like that uh aspect in there yeah, we're really going off the ra- the rails with these last few pieces <laughs> okay okay well <laughs> no, no I, I like them though I oh like oh, them. oh oh yeah no, so peter's when she sees the helicopter uh she says what a what a piece of junk very Luke Skywalker in Star Wars when he sees the Millennium Falcon, sure, which uh, sure. he says a uh, hunk of junk. Wait, no, he says piece of junk. She says a hunk of junk. Um, gotcha. And I had a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, I mean, we can kind of wrap things up. From oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say just to hit on another uh, episode that we've done before, dragged across concrete. Whereas again, dragged across concrete, there there reaches a point in that movie where you're like okay that's how this movie's gonna go um it's not going to be they get the money and live happily you know Mm. uh when 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 you see a character that you 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 care for and all of a sudden they're shot in the face where is this one you know her head gets twisted around it's just like Oh, that's the kind of movie this is, um, and the fact that also the you know that that's a a heist, a different kind of heist movie, and it's one of those uh, you know kind of morally gray heist kind of movies. I I love that where it's like it's like well, is it really is it really doing something illegal if you're you know breaking into a quarantined area and robbing a place, kind of like the whole Kelly's hero thing. Right, uh, if you're right. robbing from people that are robbing, is it really, you know, bad? They're also kind of robbing their own money in a way, like the people that hired them. Like, well, yeah, which is, which is funny because, and that's the thing is that some people are like, 
why didn't they get the combination to the to the safe? But right. Again, though, that's not why they hired them, though. So, <laughs> so they don't. They they just want you know the the, the head of one of them. They want right. you know the blood. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. I yeah. I think I'm 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 good. I mean, I got a bunch of other stuff. Like I said, there's so many things that it, with this one, there's just so many things thrown into it. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I know your list usually uh, could go on and on, but yeah, I think we got a good list here, though. Um, you know, a, a nice mix of, of course, zombie stuff, but also action and and horror and just all over the place. But I'll read it down really quick here. We've got Aliens, Twenty Eight Days Later, Escape from New York, Ocean's Eleven, Resident Evil, Extinction, Game of Thrones, I Am Legend. Kelly's Heroes, Suicide Squad, Wrong Turn 3, Zombieland, The Hurricane Heist, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Planet of the Apes, Land of the Dead, Train to Busan and Peninsula, uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Goonies, Indiana Jones, Clash of the Titans, Queen of the Dam, The Mummy, Bride of Frankenstein, Star Wars, Dragged Across Concrete, and of course there was lots of George Romero uh, mixed throughout. Um, but <laughs> Chad, do you have any other thoughts on this movie that uh, you really wanted to get into that didn't quite come up within the puzzle pieces here? I I, I love the I love the 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 humor in this one, but uh, I think I think that the humor it's the same humor that's that's there in Batman v Superman that a lot of people don't see. I don't I don't know why. I think this one um, the fact that it's not. I mean, it's daylight. The, the like this is a, a daylight movie, which is kind of a rarity for Zack Snyder. Um, I mean, a lot of it is indoors, but uh, a, a weird choice, by the way, considering that it's Las Vegas and they could have went with like, <laughs> the glowing lights and everything. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but um, the 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 line of was that a zombie in a goddamn cape? To me, that just like is the whole movie right there. And that's the whole experience of a, 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 you know, Zack Snyder, uh, zombie movie. Uh, so if somebody says, what can I expect? You can just say a zombie in a goddamn Cape. And I think that sums it up. (laughs) I, I think I, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, on this show, it's more about the puzzle pieces and the influences. I'm not going to sit here and go into a, a long tirade about things that I didn't like about the movie. But I, I did want to bring up two things and uh, that are criticisms and just kind of get your thoughts on them. You're talking right there about the the humor of the movie. And I think that there are some, you know, moments that, that were uh, pretty funny throughout. And But the length of this movie... It is so drawn out, and I, I think that that's a big thing that people who are not particularly connecting with it, like myself, are kind of drawn to it. What are your thoughts on that? Like, does this movie need to be two and a half hours? Do, does it does it earn its length at all? I I would say it does, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, for me, the the only thing that I feel like is a little kind of drawn out is. I don't know that I think you can start with the opening credits. I don't know that we need that before piece. Mm-hmm. Um and especially that 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 before piece the credits to me is very awkward and clunky and could be trimmed down greatly. Mm-hmm. I, this is one of those I think that uh if a studio released it uh they would have 
chopped it down to at least two and the people would be like oh it makes no sense and then they release the extended cut and they'd be like oh it's such a better movie when it's the same movie um i mean i'm I, that that's part of the beauty of netflix is that they they, they basically said here you do what you want to do and he was able to deliver the the director's cut right out the gate now mm-hmm. is that is that um what the best thing for the movie? I don't know. I, you know, is, is that, that's the best thing for me. I don't know if it's the best thing for general audiences. Um, um, you know, uh, like I said, I, I think that's fantastic. It's, it's kind of the same thing with, uh, you know, uh, defy bloods uh, again, that one people complain about it being overly long. I mean, that's how true. long should a movie be to me? It just, uh, as long as it throws me into a world and keeps me interested and keeps me entertained. I'm happy to stay there. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care how long it is. I don't know. Two and a half hours is is it is that long for movies? Aren't most like Hollywood like Michael Bay movies two and a half hours? I mean, I, I think the I think the difference is is that uh, those other movies are doing more within those two and a half hours. Like there's there's more more story happening. Whereas there's, there's a lot of. A lot, of, yeah, maybe, but a lot of the time in this is spent just watching zombies hiss, and like, I, I just feel like a lot of that could be chopped down. But what uh, I want to say to that though is that I feel like this, this is where I come from from a fan of Zack Snyder's is that what he does so good outside of just world building and why that world building is so good is the relationships that he builds now see that's one of the things that really intrigues me about his movies is the relationships of the characters and i think in this one it's not just the main characters but it's it's the zombies as well and so i mean that was that's part of my love with batman v superman is i is i feel it's so interesting to look at the the relationships and the the manipulation of the relationships and 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 how all of that plays out. Um, I think he is somebody that 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 really likes to look at relationships and explore relationships and perspectives. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that he does so well. And um, he, he his movies will kind of switch you into how you think about certain people or. Or, or 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 how you view them. I perspective I think is a big huge thing, which I did write down a quote that kind of plays into that, just to, to talk about perspective. So this quote here, you all keep talking about the city like it's their prison. It's not. It's their kingdom. To me, that that line right there sums up so much of what he explores in so many of his movies. Because in rewatching Dawn of the Dead, it's funny because I rewatched Dawn of the Dead before watching this one. There's a line where uh, Ving, Ving Rhames' character says, uh, no, I'm not going with you guys. You're coming with me. And that is so much echoed in The Watchmen with the uh, Rorschach character. Uh, you all think that you're that I'm locked up in here with you when it's you're locked up here with me. So it's mm-hmm. like it's this whole again. I think this is something that's echoed in like almost every one of his movies because I think perspective of the individual versus the masses 
the masses versus the individual. I just think that that's a lot of what he explores in everything he does. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I love these worlds he builds and I'm, I'm fine. I mean, he could make a 10 hour movie. I'd probably watch it. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough, Chad, really quickly. And then let's wrap this thing up. Can you explain to me why this movie's so blurry? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> evidently um uh Zack Snyder got obsessed with like these cameras from the for the 60s and he evidently went like on eBay and bought all these old cameras and he wanted this specific look for this movie. He wanted to play with the focus. Uh I don't know why and he had cameras like with these lenses from the 60s specially uh, these new cameras specially fitting these lenses. And so he had all of this equipment made specifically for this movie to make it look this way. Um, I will say I, the focus didn't bother me at all. Um, of course I do have a cataract on one of my eyes right now. So, uh, um, but I, this is his least pretty movie of, uh-huh. of all of his movies. I mean, even I would say, uh, Dawn of the Dead's a better looking movie. Yeah. Uh and and even though Man of Steel only about the first, you know, twenty minutes or what are are, are like like really like feel like a Zack Snyder movie. It's it's still a better looking movie overall than this. Uh I'd love the shout out to Larry Fong because I think this really shows that he needs a DP. Right. He, I mean, uh-huh. he's, he's, he's trying and I respect that. I think there's a, not only was the, the poster of Larry Fong, but I think the, I think the, the flash, well, not the flashback, but when they're talking about the heist and you, you have like the, the, the look at it ahead and uh, it's, it's the vision in their mind. And then they, they fly off into the sunset and it's got that kind of apocalypse now with the glowing sun and the helicopter sure. that, that felt a lot like uh, a take back to Watchmen, which Larry Fong shot. And then not only that, but also Kong Skull Island, which sure, Larry yeah, Fong yeah. Uh, shot. So I think that that was kind of like a little, uh, another uh, shout out at Larry Fong. But um, no, I mean, I, I, again, if, if it makes Snyder happy, go ahead and, and keep shooting. But I, 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 I yeah, think I'm, I'm rooting for the guy yeah. and I, I'm glad he got to make it the way that he wants to make it. It just looks awful um but 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 if that's what he if that's what he clearly was going for i don't think it was by accident like i think it's a look he was trying right, to right, make right. you know so yeah. no i i will that. say this i i think robert Rodriguez is a better cinematographer which you know he, he like shot uh uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And mm. I think that's a beautiful looking movie. I I think as far as, I mean, in this one, there are even scenes that it's like, it's just not, sh- it, like, it's not lit good. It's yeah. like, he, I, I just think that he, he needs, you know, he knows what he wants, but I, I think he needs, you know, somebody to, to do that. And I, I don't know if it was just like, he's like, I got the chance. I'm going to do it. I you know. Think so. All right. Well, uh, I, I think that wraps it up for this. Uh, Chad, is there something else you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I, I watch so many things. <laughs> Let, let's okay. narrow it down to so, one. We got so a lot of puzzles. I, I got you. So, so, yeah. So, my list so far this year, I've watched 313 movies. Of Jesus. course, that does include this movie twice in that uh-huh. 313. Yeah. No. I'll go with another favorite of mine, uh, which is Herschel Gordon Lewis. Um, I got the uh, the box set on Blu-ray. 
Um, uh, lots of his movies. Most of them were ones I had on DVD before, but uh, one of them I'd never seen before, uh, Moonshine Mountain. It's actually pretty fabulous. It's it's not it's not Herschel Gordon Lewis at his best, but it's but it's pretty great. Uh, it's a it's a country singer who uh, gets stranded in this little uh, small little town where they make moonshine. He he's uh, is befriended by this weird family. And there's, you know, uh, uh, you're never going to watch it. So basically the, <laughs> the, 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 the thing with the moonshine is, is that they're throwing dead corpses into this huge, it's like the biggest uh, nice. stiller that you've ever seen. So of course it's got that Herschel Gordon Lewis thing of, uh, you know, doing something with the people because it's like he he did these uh, exploitation movies. He, he that was one of the, the the areas he explored, and so this one kind of it, it combines the the exploitation with his country and western singer. He did he explored that a bit too, with also uh, it, although this one doesn't get gory or bloody, uh, the fact that you know, it's dead people in the, in the moonshine and that's what makes it so good. Right, uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's not one of his best, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, the, the Blu-ray copy is obviously there's not very good prints of this movie at all. Cause it was still like pretty, pretty bad, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, happy to, uh, to get to see that. There's still several movies of his that I have not seen. Um, uh, some of them are on DVD. Um, there was another Blu-ray box set they did of his lost films a little while back that I hadn't got to, but, uh, Man. yeah, no, I, I, I recommend anything of Herschel Gordon Lewis, anybody that hasn't watched this stuff and, uh, Moonshine Mountain is definitely a fun one. Awesome. Well, Chad, it's always fun having you on the show and, uh, I, I'm glad we're able to get you on for Zack Snyder because I need someone on my team so that way the uh, the hordes of Zack Snyder fans won't come after me for not liking the movie. So. I, I'm always here. I'm uh, uh, I'm in the the corner of Zack Snyder and I'm in the corner of David Rosen. All right. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Army of the Dead. Thanks to Chad for joining me as always and shedding a little bit of light on the enigma that is Zack Snyder. So, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed the, the podcast, you know, definitely rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We would really appreciate your reviews, especially if they're five stars. Uh, but we always want to hear your feedback and hear what you're thinking of the show. So Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, uh, or if you listen somewhere else that takes reviews. But I think those are the main ones that do it. So uh, leave us a review. We, we, we would very much appreciate that. You could also get in touch on social media at Pod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. I do want to remind you again about our Patreon. 
that we are trying to continue to grow. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, this week I am doing a special kind of growathon kind of thing where if you sign up this week for any of the uh, uh, tiers, that's what they call them, right? Tiers from the $3 on up. So any of the bonus content tiers, $3 on up, uh, you will get this week only a special bonus package from me in the mail with some uh, special stuff from my music, from piecing it together. Uh, we'll see what else I could find uh, around here and throw it in the package for you. So you'll get some awesome free stuff. So sign up. It's the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. It is patreon.com slash by David Rosen. And uh, of course, a link will be in the show notes. And keep an eye out because later this week, we've got a special bonus episode of Awesome Movie Year hitting that Patreon. And then I just finished scoring this feature film and uh, I'm going to be able to finally, I've been putting this off for a while, but finally get to putting together this uh, exclusive album of unreleased material uh, of my music that is going to go up on the Patreon sometime in like the next month, I think. So uh, lots of great stuff hitting the Patreon soon. So check it out. So that does it for today's episode of Piecing It Together. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts because we got lots of episodes coming soon. Now that I'm finished scoring that film, I'm going to have a lot more free time on my hands. So a lot of episodes coming your way. Uh, but let's close it out with a piece of music like I always do. And, you know, since I've been in the film scoring mode lately, I'm going to go back to my album from last year that I released that was a soundtrack album. Uh, it's called Beater, Original Motion Picture Soundtrack. It combined the score of a feature film called Beater uh, that I composed the score for, which actually just got uh, into a film festival. I don't know the name of it, but uh, hopefully you'll get to see Beater one of these days. But um, it combined the score for Beater as well as the scores for a bunch of short films I did with the same director, Chris Johnson, uh, all in one big album, a 34-track album of instrumental film score music I've composed. And uh, the track I'm going to play is from a horror movie that I scored for Chris Johnson called Daisy. And uh, this is a track called No Escape. It was a part of the score, like I said, for Daisy, which is a film you can actually watch now on Chris Johnson's Free Your Mind Films YouTube channel. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, but yeah, this is called No Escape. It's on the album Beater Original Motion Picture Soundtrack. And enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.